This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. This is my first show of the year, so I'm going to tell you what I expect from 2016. These are my predictions. I've tweeted a lot about them. I've actually been scooped a few times this week as they've already started to come true. Maybe there was some foreshadowing at the end of the year, so I didn't realize it and was already seeing those trends. But a lot of them are just trends that you do see, that you do recognize, and I'm picking out the ones that I think are going to continue into 2016 because they serve an agenda item. So I'm counting them down from 10 to 1. I already had, I think there's going to be a heroin epidemic media blitz. Whether there's a real heroin epidemic or not, I don't know. There is going to be more smoke and mirrors on immigration as the guys in D.C. pretend that they're on opposite sides of the so-called fence on that one. When I think they all are try to have a dysfunctional immigration policy to serve bigger purposes. I think there's going to be some suppression of the free press. I don't think that's going to be in the news, but I think it's going to actually happen on the internet and just generally speaking. And I think uh, Operation Common Sense is going to continue. The number one thing on Obama's bucket list of bringing uh, gun control a little bit closer to home, they're never going to do it in one fell swoop unless a Republican does it after some kind of disaster. But as far as the Democrats go, it's incrementalism. That's going to continue. Uh, Operation National Police Force, I call it, where they're going to continue to use Black Lives Matters and other protest movements to do the opposite of what those people should really want. Uh, They're going to make the police more under federal control, even internationally interoperable. That's something that's come up in some of the stuff that I've been reading. Also, more surveillance at that level. Those are my, uh, I'm counting down from 10 to 1, and I've covered those already. You can catch my podcast uh, early next week on MonicaPerezShow.com. My number five is uh, another thing on Obama's bucket list. I've always called him the surveillance president, because all the things that you see, you know, Obamacare, gun control, everything, they're, they're important to him. But the one thing that every, seems like every agenda item he goes for always has a surveillance component. Even the executive orders after Sandy Hook, even the recent gun control orders are about background checks, about writing down your name. Uh, he threw something out in his last State of the Union address about precision medicine. I was like, what is that? And it's about gathering DNA information on you. Immigration, refugee stuff is going to be about bio uh, data across for anybody who crosses the borders. So, But the two big pillars of surveillance, uh, of the surveillance state, the total information control push from the top are surveillance, and they made a big move with that this year. Paul Ryan snuck in this big surveillance uh, CISA uh, jammed it into the omnibus budget bill at the end of the year where they cooperate with the web 
internet companies to basically spy on us, share information. But the other element, so that's them getting all our information. The other element is us getting information, censorship. They want to get all the information. They don't want us to have the information. So to me, the bucket list item is the other shoe dropping on the surveillance president. It's censorship. And they used to call it, uh, they used to couch it in terms of piracy. We need to stop piracy, shut down websites because they are stealing, you know, posting YouTube videos without permission. But uh, they're going to change that narrative to the anti-terrorism narrative. It's, it was a great, I have to read this quote. I don't want to milk it, but I have to read this quote by Donald Trump, which says it in a nutshell. He said, we have kids watching the internet and they want to be masterminds. We're losing a lot of people because of the internet. We have to see Bill Gates and a lot of different people that really understand what's happening. We have to talk to them about maybe in certain areas, closing that internet up in some way. So that's, so that's how they're going to start censoring and scooped again this week on Friday, the FBI, the Department of Justice, James Clapper met with Facebook, Google and Yahoo to talk about how to keep terrorists from using the Internet. So that's fine if they could actually if they knew if they were really in good faith, just approaching terrorists. But we know that's not true because for years they could have tailored their surveillance operations just to to people who have some reasonable possibility of uh, being dangerous, and they don't. You can look up Bill Binney, a famous whistleblower who talked about that, was a big wig in the NSA or um, U.S. intelligence. So they don't want that. They want uh, to censor the information, and I think that's going to be the big push. Also, anti-encryption, which is kind of the last... A piece of the puzzle for surveillance. If you can have effective encryption, it's harder for them to get your information. So they want to shut that down too. So that's going to be big on the list. Uh, but I want to hear what you have to say. 404 750 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Mike in Roswell. Mike, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Happy New Year. Thanks for taking my call. Happy New Year, Mike. What you got? I got the uh, collapse of the fiat currency in the United States. Uh, I think that this QE Unlimited that we've been doing for the last seven years is finally going to just give out. Uh, the velocity of money's factor and data points continue to suggest that we're worse off than we were at the Great Depression. Uh, and I think the economy finally, we can't keep printing money. Uh, and it's, it's just all about the house of cards is going to come down. Mike, let me ask you this. I I have a lot of financial background. I have, I'm actually a CFA, a Chartered Financial Analyst. And I can never, I always think these kind of things that uh, conflict with the fundamentals will happen any day now. And I never, they seem to be able to stretch this out longer and longer than I would ever. I thought there was going to be some kind of second collapse after 08. What makes you think it's going to be this year? Well, it's been eight years. uh, And you were talking about trends earlier. And generally every six Seven or eight years yeah. it happens. You can go back to the uh, housing crash in 2007, the stock market bubble with IP, uh, the internet companies in 2001. Then you had the savings and loans uh, or the junk bonds in 94. I mean, you just go all the way back. To See, the I always think of it as 10 time. years. I was yeah. waiting for 10 years. But, but one of the things on my item, not to scoop myself, but one of the things on my list is that if you just look at this year, if you look at the Dow, I mean, it's so obviously a top. You know, if you look at a chart of the market, if you look at it for 10 years, you see it topped out and then crashed in 08, and now it looks like a top again. 
So I'm with you, but I just feel like they have so much power that now they're having Japan and Europe grease the skids to take the pressure off the Fed, but they're still injecting so much liquidity into the market that maybe they can keep it going a little bit longer. You think the game is up, though, huh? Oh, I think the, the beauty of the information age, and I agree with your whole comment about information and the clamping down on information. And I think Trump is a is a is a sheep and wolves. Yeah, so wolf and sheep. I do. I think that too. I I wish it were real, but I just don't feel it. Well, and I think the point being is, I think too many investors and people who pay attention to these things are looking at overvaluations. At some point, all it takes is one person to say the emperor has no clothes. And as we saw, uh, all it takes is one of these banks to start to stop trading money in this bad debt, and then boom, it's a a domino effect. I think what you saw in China earlier this week, where their market is off 7%. And that's not getting news, because we're talking about gun control and these things that are non-issues, because the real issue is the finance. And if, if the market goes, all these other facets around security and around police force, all those come into play because you have the, you have a domestic situation where people are uneasy, then it, it just the whole thing collapses on itself. So to me, that's the worry. And you're right. It seems like every year we get closer and you say, when is the jig up? But I feel like because we're having a presidential election, Obama yes. came under the same premise. This is a perfect opportunity to sway people's emotions, get people scared and then bring in more tyranny because that's what they've done, and that's the playbook for the last two, three, four presidents. Yeah, I'm with you. You are scooping me a little bit, Mike, because later in the show I'm going to talk about how I think that what I do anticipate to be uh, economic um, weakness or downturn or even crisis will play into the GOP's hands for the Republican uh uh, for the Republicans in the election. Uh, I have time for one more. I'm going to Bob in Gainesville. Hi, Bob. You're on with Monica. Uh, hi, and <clears throat> Happy New Year, Monica. Happy New Year, Bob. I believe that Donald Trump will win the presidency, which means fill in the blank. Um, but I do believe, you know, I mean, reading about him and reading things that he's written about himself, uh, you know, there's just no way to figure out what he would do if he were to get that office. But there are some trends, and one is I believe he would enter into his strong suit, which is negotiation, and he's already, you know, tipped his hand. And so I believe he would lead us into international trade wars, which would cause short-term pain for our economy, but would be good in the long term if it enables us to begin to untie our economy and the dollar from the progressively unifying world system. But if we put on tariffs on imports, that would drive some manufacturing back to the U.S., that and reducing our illegal immigrant population, which he says he's going to do, would actually reduce our real unemployment. So you think that Trump is what you see is what you get, that he is the real deal, that the media hates him but gives him a lot of attention. I just, I feel like what you're saying would make sense if he was real, but I think that he's playing a game. No, I don't, I don't think he's playing a game. I don't no. think he's that clever. I mean, he isn't that clever. I mean, you can't be dogmatic about But he's things. he's been a reality show star for 14 seasons. Like, that guy's main job is to be a reality show star. And I wonder if we've turned around the reality show. This is like the Truman Show 2.0, where instead of him not knowing he's in the reality show, we don't know it's a reality show. Is that way too far down the rabbit hole? Well, uh, it is regarding Trump. I mean, it, let's just say some, you know, group of the real string pullers, the uh, cartel of oligarchs, you know, picked him. They wouldn't have picked him because he's, I mean, even though he'd be easy to manipulate because he's a simple-minded person, he's he's got this gigantic ego which you can't control. Oh, I don't think it's manipulation. I think 
it's a deal. Like, I actually, I know this is really like a conspiracy that is beyond anything that I've uh, ever really bought into before. I don't know if it's true, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a contract that it was that he did know. Anyway, um, more of my predictions after this. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, breezy, and cold. 45 is going to be the high down to 23 overnight, but that's tomorrow. The weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I am talking about what I think is coming in 2016. Of course, inevitably, you talk about the presidential election. I'm going to Kim and DeCobb. Hi, Kim. You're on with Monica. Hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. I tune this thing in a nice, um, you know, in the bag for Trump, really. But uh, I do tend to think he is more of the real deal. And I, you know, yeah, he's been a reality TV star, but. He's also a businessman, and he's been a businessman his entire life, and he still is a businessman. And I can think that, one thing, um, for one thing, why would the mainline establishment Republicans be so against him if they thought... Well, I'm not sure gone? they actually give him so much attention. They were really against Ron Paul, and they tried to ignore him. But Donald Trump, they really engage. He's the center of their focus. I think no PR is bad PR. That's actually what makes me suspicious. Well, but I think, though, these guys, you know, that are in Congress or have power within the government, I think if a guy like Trump comes along, look at all the people who are in committee chairmanship and places like that that I think would end up losing their, their spots. I just think he would shake things up that much. I mean, I think Paul Ryan is just John Boehner Jr. Oh, yeah. I mean, Paul yeah. Ryan was fake. But I think, I mean, like a fake libertarian, he was acted like he was reluctantly taking that job. I just, I think that was a show. Right. And I mean, it may be true about the Trump thing. We shall see. I mean, this is going to be one interesting year. Be- sure because we'll see what's what. I mean, if he is a fake, boy, I, I think t- people are will be ready to march on Washington. Well, here's the funny thing. I I mean, I don't think it's going to come out that he's fake, but here's what really was a smoking gun to me. He, I heard him talking, saying that he refuses uh, campaign contributions from large donors. And why would he do that? That doesn't make sense. Maybe he's changed that policy, but I thought maybe it's what you're talking about. People would be furious and maybe even have a case if what he's really doing is trying to sell a book or collect a database that he can capitalize on later or maybe even uh, has a deal to get a show on Fox for pumping up the ratings. I mean, I don't know. I know that's cynical. That's probably too cynical. But something doesn't feel right about the attention he's getting this time around. Because he's run before. He's talked about running before. Yeah, but he's actually in it. And I I was in the media for a long, long, long time at a national level in Washington, D.C. You know, I was responsible for for assigning coach for the White House and Capitol Hill Supreme Court and all national and international news. And, you know, these people aren't that smart. I don't, I agree, I understand what you're saying. I don't think... mentality, and they love a guy like him. Right, but if you talk to the people who are at the very top, the guys who run the news service, Roger Ailes, I saw an uh, excerpt from Roger Ailes' biography that said, we fired Glenn 
back, even though he was at the absolute top of the ratings in every category. He was second only to Oprah in influence in this country, really. We fired him in 2011 because we wanted Fox to take a less partisan uh, approach to the 2012 election. Fox should take a less partisan approach. To me, all the people who work for Roger Ailes, they don't have to be in on that. But Donald Trump has met with Roger Ailes a few times privately. Who knows what went on in those conversations? Yeah, that's true. Well, but anyway, you know? it's so, interesting. I, I do. I, I hate to always... Uh, I, I really want to love that. My mother loves Donald Trump. A lot of people love him. I want to love him. I And if if I'm wrong and things are not so orchestrated, I will be super happy. And that's what I'm watching for this year. What are you watching for this year? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. I am the Libertarian on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, and I'm telling you what I think is on tap for 2016, whether it's Obama's bucket list before he leaves office or uh, just trends I see continuing what I think is really happening in the presidential race. And I want to hear your picks for what you expect in 2016, 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to take some calls first, and then I'm going. So I'm going down my list from 10 to 1. And I already did my uh, through number 5. So I'll give you number 4 in a sec. I'm going to go to Mark and Conyers. Mark, you're on with Monica. Uh, good afternoon, Monica. Great show. Thank uh, you. I just wanted, just wanted to say that I really believe that this election year is one of the most important in our country's history. I believe that it's and this is an opportunity for the people to actually take back control of the government, in a sense. Um, right now, people are fed up, I know I am, of the politicians as usual and the political correctness. We were headed in a uh, united way in our country as a people, and we've had nothing but divisiveness since Obama's come into office. Yes, I and he I could have been a unifying president, and yes. shockingly, he took the opportunity to be a divisive one. I believe that, you know, I really had hope for him. I didn't vote for him, but I had hope that he would show leadership and be a great president. And uh, it's an unfortunate thing because he's done nothing but train wreck this this nation. Well, it seems to uh, me that it's clear, like his whole thing about hope and change, if anyone looks more like a shill for the power elite at this point, having taken that opportunity and made things worse, even in the ways he said, that I didn't want things to change, but even in the ways he said he wanted to change things, he could have uh, uh, healed the racial divide, or at least making it made it better, not worse, and he didn't. So that, that makes me smell a rat. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question you know, for you, though, Mark. Yes. When you say it's, this is an important time that we can take the country back, do you think that we could actually take the country back through the ballot? Do you think that that... Because I worry that if I can't see my vote cast and stick around till I see it counted again, I mean, I want to write it on a piece of paper and put it in a shoebox and watch it and sit there and watch the shoebox until somebody opens it and counts it and puts a little tally on a piece of paper. And if you can't do that, I just don't have faith in the elections. Well, I do. And the reason I do is because I truly believe that there are people out there, and they showed it during the uh, 2000, uh, I believe it was 2000, I think it was 12 election, uh, uh, yeah, the 2012 election when Congress uh, was, had that shift in power. 
I believe that those same people out there, like myself, that are ready, willing, and able to go to the ballot box, I, I'm really fed up with the media and even some con- moderate media outlets telling us how we're going to vote and what we're doing. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are have become very, very educated in the last seven to eight years about their government, and we're ready for that move. Yeah, uh, Mark, actually, you're making me think a little better about this system because Eric Cantor, that was a big surprise when he lost the congressional race. I was very surprised they let Rand Paul in. I think there was probably some backroom dealing that they got him to say he wouldn't be mean to Mitch McConnell, but they had to make concessions to him because well, that was a while ago. But still, that was something that happened at the ballot box. I ju- One time I signed up for watching the ballot box, like uh, the count, like right. I went to a warehouse and I watched them bring the ballots in and whatever. Like, for a whole day, and I saw nothing. Like, I I could not have, I wouldn't have known what they were doing. It was not clear to me that there's a process that that, um, is properly monitored. However, there are surprises like that, so there has to be some validity to it. That is a good point. And But I just, when I see the really national stuff, it seems to me the way that the media can silence people like Ron Paul. If you'll remember, there are really funny YouTube videos of how the media will literally say, you know, who came in first in a, in a, in a county and then who came in third and just skip Ron Paul together. That has an impact. Yes, it does. And, and uh, I really like Rand Paul. I Me really too. like uh, his, his uh, business, his, his politics. Uh, I, be- I, I just wish he would have been and still could be more vocal during the debate. He's a, he's a gentleman uh, in the utmost and, is, I think, has some of the greatest ideas for our nation. Yeah. I'm just uh, I'm disappointed that others don't see it that way, but at the same time, I think that, that as we conclude our conversation, I know, uh, that, again, it's critical. I mean, the things like what's been instituted or passed or signed into law in California is a sign of things to come if we don't. What what in California? I missed that. Well, they, the governor signed a legislation allowing uh, all people to receive voter registration. Oh, uh, yes. there. That's, that is a problem. And this is the thing, Mark. Thank you for the call. Uh, with the immigration, I, I have, I'm a libertarian. I believe in the right to work and travel. I, if I want to let somebody live in my house and never use public roads and just watch my kids or whatever... It's actually, and the au pair program is like that. I, I, I have no problem with that. But if they're doing it for political purposes and they're doing it to manipulate the elections and let people vote who have not been educated in the American system, who have not uh, committed to being a loyal American, understand the Constitution, that's, that's criminal. And at, at the highest levels, they're allowing that, which is why you can, how you can see that it's not a question about compassion uh it's a question about political manipulation and libertarians have a hard time having an open conversation about immigration because we do it's a competing rights issue you as long as we have sovereignty and you have this right or privilege to vote it matters it matters if people understand our founding principles but uh i mark i hope that there i think there is you know, the more local level you get, the more control you do have over the voting, over the government. I like the website VoterGA.org talks about voter rights in Georgia. I think at the federal level, pretty much everybody 
anybody who makes it is an owned man. And if not, they show him like films of JFK's last day after the inauguration. So everybody knows who's really in charge. But but you're right. Maybe at the local level, we can make a difference. I'm going to Larry in Atlanta. Larry, you're on with Monica. How are you doing, Monica? Good. How are you doing, Larry? I'm doing fine. My, my, I'm, I'm actually hoping I'm wrong, but I've got a really bad feeling about um, this, uh, what, what Obama came out, the executive orders on uh, gun control. Uh, yeah. I have a bad feeling that we're going to have uh, some civil unrest in this country, and I have a bad feeling it's going to start in California. The reason why? why I say that is a family member now in the state of California can say, hey, I got an uncle over here who's crazy and he's got guns, and they can actually go investigate if they do think in whatever reason this man's crazy they can take this man's guns there are people who are not allowed are not going to allow that to happen whether they're actually crazy or not well i i hope this isn't the year i agree with you most of my predictions i hope don't can come true like i was saying earlier about the economic stuff to mike i i'm not great at understanding the timing of things but i do recognize agenda items when i see them and when you look at like the oregon occupation of a federal building by mm-hmm. the bundy guys and all that whole story if, if people are following that they're sovereign citizens or whatever they want to call themselves making an issue. And with the Bundy Ranch, with this thing, the issue is kind of weird. It's not like Waco or Ruby Ridge where this was private property being invaded by the federal government. It's kind right. of smacks of uh, trying to incite a weird conflict where there will be two sides. Right. And, and, and if that's on their agenda then I really am afraid. I feel like we would not, that that they could spur through their manipulation of the media or their own policies. Like every time Obama comes out and talks about gun control, yeah. gun sales and ammunition scales skyrocket. You think he doesn't know what he's doing? I know exactly what he's doing. I think it's awful convenient that as soon as he has his, uh, uh, comes out with his plan for gun control, California signs that into law. Yeah, I, well... I think there are two two sides to it, though. They they like to cause the problems, but who 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 benefits the gun industry, the gun manufacturers, the most? Not that I care about. I mean, I don't like uh, bribery, but I don't care if different industries get promoted by whatever trend is happening. But if they're promoting it deliberately at the government level to sell guns, I mean, who sells more? The Democrats, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like it is possible. I don't feel like our mood is really there. Like, look at what Eric Holder did. He went back and with the Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman thing, he went and tried to get people to protest and everything. The head of the Department of Justice tried to create uh, like riots or whatever, not riots necessarily, but conflict. And it, and it didn't take the way maybe Ferguson. he had hoped. That's the kind of stuff that scares me is that they want it to happen. Why? Maybe they want to flush out the first movers who would defend themselves and their rights and their guns flush those people out and wipe them out or arrest them or put them on the no guns list. Right. You know, the no guns list is coming. Yep. So, and I, I mean, I'm talking about the no fly list, but if they look at those people and say, look, these are domestic terrorists, that's what this is all about. Unconvicted, uncharged domestic and international terrorists who have to lose their guns in this country. That would be a great way to identify who they are. And that has had precedent in the past, but I don't want to get, 
behind schedule, let me give you my number four. This is a very general one and a very long-term prediction, but I feel like 2016, I feel like it started to heat up in 2015, and I think it's going to keep heating up in 2016, but this is something that has been going on for decades, and that is the march ever closer to world government, which might make a pit stop at World War III along the way, that uh, if you look at the big plan is this gradual convergence of East and West. Like if you think that the UN and big powers at the top, Council of Foreign Relations, that kind of thing, are uh, really committed to a world government. And and I'm not making this stuff up. This is not like a conspiranoid fantasy. The both popes have called for a true world authority over the past several years. They... There is definitely a political philosophy that thinks that's the better way to go. But how do you converge places of such different economic, wealth, uh, productivity, cultures? Well, you do a lot of immigration so that the cultures start to merge. You reduce the economic growth of the really strong countries like the U.S., and you pump up the growth of the weaker countries, put a lot of capital into Africa or whatever. And, uh, but my fears about the world war is it's been used in the past as a way to, to take another step toward, towards world government, World War I with the League of Nations and World War II with the U.N. And if you look at our enemies in World War II, Japan and Germany, they're basically synthesized with the, with us and the West now. So what do you do to actually have that kind of synthesis, that convergence? Perhaps a big conflict. So I get worried when we're antagonistic towards Ukraine, antagonistic in Syria, and we know that Russia, the biggest nuclear power besides us, is on the other end of that. Uh, and, and maybe... Russia likes that idea, too. Maybe there'll be a seat at the table in the end. Uh, Germany, Japan, they're they're now seem to be completely willing partners in this Western hierarchy. So uh, I feel like that is actually a continuing agenda item. But I'm going to dig into a little more specifics after the break. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monday should bring some sunshine, but it's still going to be cold to start the work week. 45 degrees is going to be the high. Uh, 27 is going to be the low Monday night. 23 is going to be the low tomorrow night. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate, heating and air. You're going to need that. (laughs) Uh, I'm talking about what's happening in 2016. I'm going to take some calls, 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Helen in Atlanta. Hi, Helen. You're on with Monica. Monica, you're amazing. I love your show, and that you make Saturday amazing for me. But um, I had a quick question about this world government. Can you break it down to a very basic level? I mean, is it a world power grab issue for some people in the world, or is it a bleeding heart, moral obligation kind of issue? Wow, great, fantastic question. I like to clarify things that aren't crystal clear. The way I think it worked, and there was a book, JFK, it's called, by uh, Proudy. And it just starts with this overview of how when the the colonial powers realized that the the earth was like a pretty defined size, they decided to colonize the whole thing. They basically carved it up. I mean, this guy is talking about the JFK assassination. He starts 500 years ago. But the it clarified to me in my mind what it's really all about. And I think it's 
Western powers, it could be, I mean, I don't know who right now is at the very top of the pyramid, but you could see even the colonial powers who were big then, like uh, Holland and England, the big oil companies bear their, you know, Dutch and British and U.S. now. Uh, Those big guys seem to decide to basically carve up the world and they do it by wars will soften up different places open up markets it i think it dovetails with transnational corporations and that but i think it all kind of revolves around the military industrial complex finance energy and defense as what what really infiltrates these sovereign countries kind of corrupts their governments and blah 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 and then you have what really look like political institutions like the un that do their bidding and but make us feel like there's some representation so i feel like the facade is an actual governmental organization but behind it is the money that actually controls things on the ground in different countries and and they can do it just like through what people call as financial capitalism real capitalism i love that stuff is cronyism and corruption but when they pull that all together they have uh, basically total power, but they go even through a think tank kind of process where they say, how do you uh, how do you keep people in line under these circumstances? And they talk about things that scare people like terrorism, global warming, stuff like that, that will allow uh, the say, for example, that will get uh, the United States population to sign on to a worldwide gun protocol that comes out of the UN. So I feel like there are, and to bring home your question, I think that there are actual individuals and families from all different countries and different places, super rich people in front of the cameras, behind the cameras, I mean, in front of the scenes or behind the scenes that are up there calling the shots. And then underneath that are institutions, governmental and non-governmental that they control and, uh, and that it the ultimate effect is that all the power and the money goes into very small amount of hands and the individual does not in order for them to maintain the kind of control that keeps things moving the way they want whether it's uh the way energy dependence shakes out in the world or the way the banking and financial structure shakes out they want things to move in that direction so they need to make sure that the individual or a democracy, a republic, whatever, doesn't get that much power or a sovereignty. So they want all the countries to have similar laws, to have even a similar, you know, a, a standard language, English, so that everything will follow the same economic plan. And they actually put into place apparatuses like the Trans-Pacific Trade Partnership and the Atlantic one that have legislative and judicial entities up there uh, that we have no control over, but we'll make sure that the the financial structures, the economic structures, and that's really all that matters to these people, still funnel everything up to the top. So that was a marathon answer to your question, Helen. <laughs> I hope it wasn't too much. Um, but that, I mean, does that make sense? Absolutely. So it is a power issue. It's not like tree-hugging, kumbaya, let's all help each other. I think those are the people who are manipulated into supporting this, just like the Black Lives Matter movement. When you look at 
We, you know, I think one of the things that's going to come out of that is more surveillance. And what happens with surveillance? They use it to control people politically. I look at Bill Cosby and I think of how he was treated versus how Michael Jackson was treated. I, I read an article in a UK newspaper that said Michael Jackson's FBI file was suppressed when he was on trial and he got off. So uh, Bill Cosby, I don't know if he was guilty or innocent, but... What he says politically does not fit with the official narrative and the goal, and that makes him vulnerable to totally other charges. You see it happen all the time. So I'm I'm just reminded the uh, of a scene from episode one of Star Wars. We've been doing a Star Wars marathon where it said the Queen Amidala said, I, I, it's clear to me now the Republic no longer functions. We no longer have this rule of law that can protect us as individuals. It's all about the agenda and uh, people who resist it are targeted. And people who, you know, even people with legitimate gripes protests are exploited always towards the same end goal, which is more power at the top. More on my 2016 predictions and more of your calls. Hang on, Joel and Betty. I'll uh, get you right after the break. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.